You're listening to the Paradox Church Podcast. Paradox Church is a Jesus-centered community where our motto is, Come as you are, no perfect people allowed. For more information about our service times, location, and to get connected with us, please visit our website at www.paradoxchurch.com. We hope you enjoy this message. Like he said, my name is Holly McDonald, and I'm so excited to be here with you guys today. Um, I am the kids director here, um, which means that I get to lead the kids and the families here at Paradox Church, and it is an honor to do that, but I am excited um, to be here this morning with you all. And today, um, I think we said it already, we're talking about anxiety, we're talking about fears and worry, Um, and if I'm being honest with you, this is hard to talk about. Um, it's, it's not easy to, to go to God and say, what do you have to say about anxiety, knowing that I personally struggle with it myself, or at times I get extra worried about things. Um, so I'm coming to here to you today to tell you I don't have all this figured out. Um, I'm not an expert. I'm not claiming to be one, um, but I do know that God has something to say to us this morning about it. So would you guys um, join me in prayer as we get started? God, thank you so much um, that you have things to say, God, that you speak into things like worry and anxiety, God, and that you calm our fears. So God, I just pray this morning that you God, that you would remove our fears, that you would remove our anxieties, God, and that you would give us more of yourself this morning, Jesus. We love you and we thank you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of a newer face up here. I haven't preached that much. Um, so I just thought I'd start by introducing myself to you guys and introducing my family to you. Um, I have an amazing husband, and his name is Rory, um, and he is great. He's funny. He brings so much life and joy to our home. And then I have a daughter, and her name is Lila, and she's three. And I have a son, and his name is Owen, and he is one. And if that doesn't speak in enough for itself, I can stand here today and tell you that I'm tired. I'm very tired. Um, And I am easily distracted. A typical day, I'm running around from one end to the other. I'm picking up the toys, and then the next minute later, my son is throwing them all over the ground. And oftentimes, it seems like I get to the end of the day, and my hair is wacko, and I am just on my last breath, but God is so faithful um, in all those moments of anxiety and worry. But I actually wanted to share something that I thought was kind of funny with you guys. I was scrolling on Facebook um, a couple weeks ago, not even thinking about this message, but I was scrolling on Facebook and I came across this little meme, um, and I've never felt so understood in my life until I saw this meme. Let me read it to you. It says this, I needed to do the laundry, but then I realized I was out of detergent. 
So I went to write a shopping list and realized how unorganized the junk drawer was. And then I started checking the pens for ink. When I went to toss all the junk, I saw that the trash was full, but before I took it out, I wanted to get rid of the old food in the fridge. That's when I realized a juice jug had leaked, so I needed to clean it up. But when I went to grab a rag, I saw that the pantry closet was a nightmare, so I started organizing it. And that's how I ended up on the floor looking at my old photo albums from the 1990s and not doing any laundry. That, that's me. I am so easily distracted. I go through my days where it seems like I just have all the worries pile up. I am a worst case scenario thinker, thanks to my dad. I get that from him. My mind automatically goes negative, but thankfully, Jesus, he's taught me how to hope, but without him, I struggle. I so desperately and deeply desire peace and security that I actually get anxious about those things. I get anxious about trying to create my peace and my security. And, when, and the truth is, I know I'm not alone in this. And when, when we lose control, when we lose our security or we lose our peace, the fruit is anxiety. The fruit is worry. The fruit is carrying fears that we weren't meant to carry in the first place. What's anxiety? Some of us we hear it all the time, often maybe misused, maybe not, um, but I thought we would start there. What is anxiety? The American Psychological Association, APA, defines anxiety as an emotion characterized by feelings of tension, worried thoughts, and physical changes like increased blood pressure. Anxiety disorders affect 40 million people in the United States, 40 million. It is the most common mental illness in the country. The most common is anxiety. Do you think that Jesus has something to say about it? I do. When we're ruled by anxiety, it drives our decisions. We think illogically. We become emotionally unstable, noncommittal, unfaithful to our word. We're irritable. We're clouded. We're foggy. We're restless. Not to mention the physical problems that come from over-worrying or anxious thoughts, like heart problems and sleeping difficulties and overeating, you, all the things. Anxiety affects every single area of our lives our physical, our emotional, and our spiritual. And it's so hard. As I was preparing for this message, I, I was afraid there's a tension. I didn't want to oversimplify the antidote to um, anxiety. I didn't want to oversimplify how it's cured, but I I also didn't want to overcomplicate it either, and I found myself just wrestling back and forth. Jesus, what do you have to say about this? Jesus, how do we break the chain of anxiety in our lives? What are we supposed to do about it? And I just kept feeling him bring me back to him. The answer is always Jesus. I don't know if you've ever been in a Sunday school class or if you've ever volunteered in kids' ministry, but kids get this. It's so simple. With kids don't overcomplicate things. They just know the answer is always Jesus, even if that's not the answer you're looking for. In Sunday school, you might say, 
who wrote the book of Romans, Billy? And he'll say, Jesus. And you're like, well, I mean, sort of. Okay, okay, next question. Um, let's see. What happened in that story, Bobby? What happened? Uh, Jesus. You're like, well, yes, he did, but... I Anything else? No, no, no. Kids get this concept. The answer is always Jesus. How do I overcome fear, anxiety, worry? How do we overcome political tensions in our world or racial tensions? How, how do we move past unforgiveness or all the things that bind us and chain us down? And the answer is always Jesus. The antidote for anxiety is Jesus. Today we're going to start in Matthew 6, um, verses 25 through 34. And if you are just joining us today um, for the first time, we have been in um, the book of Matthew where we're looking at the Sermon on the Mount. And this is basically Jesus's famous, um, famous sermon, his most famous one of all, where he talks about everything. And we're in this series called The New Normal, where we believe from the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is inviting us to a new way, to have a new perspective and see a new way um, to live. So Matthew um, chapter 6, verse 25 Jesus just, well, actually, before I go there, Jesus just gets done talking about um, don't lay yourself up treasures in, on, on earth. Lay them up for yourself in heaven. Like, that's where we need to focus. Jesus is talking about material things. Keep, um, he's calling his disciples to shift their focus on heaven and on eternity. And out of that, with knowing that, he says this, Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? And I just want to stop there for a second. When you think about that, I believe what Jesus is trying to say here is he's trying to point out our body as our flesh, something that will go away, that is earthly clothes, earthly things. And I believe Jesus in this moment, in these few verses, is trying to draw our attention off of the earthly and unto himself in the heavenly. He's trying to take, um, get us to take our eyes off of earth. Verse 26, look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his lifespan? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? I read these scriptures and I see, I see so much. I see how God is calling value into us. He's showing us, listen, I care about you. I'm trustworthy. I've got you. But he also says this, how can being anxious add a single hour to his lifespan? Listen, anxiety, Jesus is saying it right here, anxiety is not good for you. Anxiety bears no good 
fruit, worrying and over-worrying and being fearful about earthly things, things on this earth that will not transfer into heaven, Jesus is saying, they do no good for you. Therefore, don't be anxious, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink? Verse 32, for the Gentiles seek after these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. When Jesus is using the word Gentiles here, he's talking about and he's referring to people who don't know God. In the Old Testament, when the word Gentiles was used, it's talking about people, those who were not worshiping the one true God. Jesus is saying, look, the people who don't know God, they worry they have fear. They are anxious. That is not what you are called to do. Verse 33, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. For all my language fanatics out there, my English majors, seek is a verb. A verb is an action. It means that we have to do something, but seek first the kingdom of God. The word here means seek in order to find. It even means to crave. It's a don't stop until you find kind of verb. How, how many times do we sit with Jesus? How many times do we sit and read our Bible or sit and pray and seek him actually until we find him. How many of us don't get up? When was the last time you sat and worshiped God and you did not move until you heard the Son of God speak to you? Is that the kind of seeking that we're doing? We so often wonder, why won't my anxiety go away? Why am I still fearful? Why am I still worrying? And I just want to challenge you. I just want to submit to you. Is that the kind of seek that you're doing? Is, is, that, um, is that what you're going after when you hang out with Jesus? It's what he calls us to do. Oops. Verse 34. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. I'm just going to be honest with you guys. I, I kind of wrestle with how Jesus ends, <laughs> ends this little do not be anxious um, segment. Because like I said in the beginning, this is something I wrestle with. I wrestle with anxiety. I wrestle with over-worrying. Honestly, to the point where I had to go to the hospital because my heart was doing weird things. And the cardiologist looked at me and he said, are you stressed out? And I said, yes, I have a one and a three-year-old. Of course I'm stressed out. And he literally said, go get some sleep. This is stress. This is anxiety. You're going to be okay. So I'm, I'm coming here to you saying, listen, I wrestle with this. I struggle with this. And when Jesus ends this in verse 34, don't be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. I think, Jesus, wait a minute. Wouldn't it be nice if he ended it like the song, don't worry about a thing. Someone finish it with me. Because every little thing is going to be all right. Like that, that's what I want him to say. Don't worry. Every little thing is going to be all right. But Jesus, 
He doesn't say that. He says, listen, sufficient for the day is its own trouble. There's going to be anxiety tomorrow. There's trouble on this side of eternity. There's, there's crud that happens on this side of eternity. You're going to go through some tough times. Cancer exists. People pass on. Jobs will be lost. People will suffer. That's what happens on this side of eternity. But Jesus invites us to refocus. He invites us to change our perspective. And instead of looking at the earthly things like the clothes or the body or food, he invites us to look to heaven. And as I, as I was preparing for um, this, uh, this topic about worrying and, worry and anxiety, I could not help but think of the story of Mary and Martha. Um, so would you guys go there with me to Luke 10, verses 38 through 42. Jesus just got done teaching to his disciples about the Good Samaritan. Maybe you're familiar with that story or maybe you're not, but basically it's just about all these religious folk who walk by and, and you expect them to stop and help the guy who's hurt. But lo and behold, none of them do. And the one guy who's unexpected to stop and help actually does. And then Jesus picks up here. Now, as they went, Jesus and the disciples, on their way, Jesus entered a village. And a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. But one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. So here's, here's Mary in this story. She, I mean, really, the first time you read this story, you might even think, lazy Mary, right? Martha's running around doing all the things. She's trying to prepare for company. She's doing the stuff that needs to be due. She's probably cleaning off the toilet and getting dinner prepared. I mean, Jesus is coming over, and then there's Mary, and Mary is just sitting with Jesus, minding her own business, hanging out with her Savior. And then there's Martha, who I know I'm not the only one who feels like Martha so much in our life. She's the one who I resonate with every time I read this story. But then there's Martha, overoccupied, too busy, too distracted, mentally drawn away to see that the Son of God doesn't want her to do all those things. The Son of God just wants Martha to sit at his feet and be with him. And I love, I love Martha because I get her. Jesus, hello, hello, don't you see me doing all the work? Don't you see me? I'm working for you, God. I'm serving you. And I love Jesus's response, inviting Martha. Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. My second point is this, Jesus invites us 
to himself. Himself. You see, anxiety, worry. Why was Martha anxious? Why, why was she troubled? Why was she distracted? Because Martha was looking at all of the things around her. Her eyes were in the wrong spot. She was seeing the wrong things. And Jesus says, me, look at me. Martha, come sit with me. Jesus invites us to himself. I can't get this song out of my head. Um, I don't know if you, any of you are familiar with it, but it's called Nothing Else. Um, and many famous Christian artists now have uh, covered it, so I'm not even sure who it's originally by. Um, but I do know Cody Carnes sings, um, this, sings the song, um, or sings this song. And I just want to read the lyrics to you. It almost, when I hear this song, and I, I highly recommend that you go listen to it after the service, um, but when I hear this song, I almost wonder if Mary wrote this. I know she didn't, but it's almost as if Mary in, from this Bible story wrote this song. The lyrics say this, I'm caught up in your presence. I just want to sit here at your feet. I'm caught up in this holy moment. I never want to leave. Oh, I'm not here for blessing. Jesus, you don't owe me anything, more than anything that you can do. I just want you. Man, I listen to that song and I cannot help but pray that into existence in my life. Jesus, would that be my heart posture? Would I have the heart posture like Mary, who is so undistracted, who just sees you, Jesus? Jesus didn't say Mary is anxious and distracted by many things. No, that was Martha. I don't want to be Martha, Jesus. I don't want to be Martha. Jesus, give me the heart of Mary to just see you. And the truth is, a lot of us might think, that's impossible. I have life. I have things that distract me. I've got kids. I know, kids are so distracting at some points. But real life, like real life things, I've got to feed my family. I've got to go to church. I've got to go to the basketball games. I've got to do all the things. But Jesus invites us into a new normal. He invites us into a new way of living. Jesus invites us, he invites you in to freedom. Galatians 5.13 says this, Brothers and sisters, you were called to freedom. Freedom from anxiety, freedom from worry, freedom from depression and stress and fears. Where Jesus is, friends, we see it in the story of Mary and Martha. Where Jesus is, there is freedom. We have a choice. We have a choice to be Martha or to be more like Mary. And like the song says, I just want to sit here at your feet, Jesus. And I know for me personally, it's such a struggle. In the moments where I can literally feel like the muscles of my heart and around my heart tensing up at certain times, I feel the weight on my chest that I just want to go away. I know that anxiety and worry and fear is real, but I'm choosing and I'm trying. 
to choose not to be mastered by it. Because the truth is anxiety is a chain. Anxiety weighs us down, and I will not, in the name of Jesus, be a slave to anxiety. I want to invite you into that same freedom. Jesus knows how to fight anxiety. Jesus is bigger than anxiety. He has all the right tools. He's formed weapons against it. He knows anxiety and the monster that it is bigger, and he knows it better than you or I will ever know it. But here's what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that Jesus might not lead you to a doctor. I'm not saying that if you have such severe anxiety, you should not take medication. I'm not saying that. Jesus, our Lord, could speak that right to you, and I will tell you, keep taking that medication. Keep going to see that counselor. If this is real and it's a medical condition for you, sit at the feet of Jesus and just ask him, Ask him what steps you're supposed to take for healing. But I do know that my Jesus, your Jesus, our Jesus invites us into freedom. He doesn't call us to stay there. Anxiety is not, it's not from him. It's not a fruit of the spirit. When we sit at the feet of Jesus, he offers us peace. His exchange is peace. Ephesians 2.14 says this, for he himself, Jesus, remember Jesus is always the answer, he himself is our peace. Isaiah 53.5, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. The punishment that brought us peace was on Jesus. And by his wounds, Jesus, we are healed. We are healed. Healing is found in Jesus' name. And the peace that you and I, I I am a security, like, I need it. I need security. I need peace. I need structure. I need all of those things. I long for it. And I know your soul does too because you were made for it. But the ultimate peace that we all long for, the peace that surpasses all understanding, the peace that will exist from this on earth unto eternity is found in Jesus. Ultimate peace is actually peace with God. And as, as I was preparing for this, I just felt like God put Luke 12, um, 4 through 7 on my heart. And I, I read it, and I was like, oh, God, that's kind of a tough scripture. Is this really what you want me to say? Is this what you want to talk about? And I felt like Jesus said, fear, anxiety, worry, It has its rightful place. Let's read this together. Verse 4, I tell you, my friends, do not be afraid of those who kill the body and after that can do no more. But I will show you whom to fear. Fear him who after he has killed has authority to cast into hell. Yes, I tell you, fear him. 
Are not five sparrows sold for two pennies? And not one of them is forgotten before God. Why, even the hairs on your head are all numbered. Fear not, you are of more value than many sparrows. You see the peace that ultimately every single one of us are searching for, that peace, that anxiety, it's ultimately rooted in our, our desire to have peace with God. And that peace with God is found in Jesus. And I want to invite you today. COVID-19 has had a way of having all of us face death face the potential and the reality of what happens when we die. COVID-19, I really believe Jesus used that, is using that to wake some of us up and say, listen, this earth is not all we have. Every single one of us are going to have to face death one day. And I know at one point in my life, I had anxiety about what happens after. What am I going to do? Where am I going to go? What am I going to be? What's it going to look like? And I heard the gospel. I heard a scripture similar to this. Listen, it's real. Heaven and hell is real, but we don't have to stay there. Jesus invites us because of the cross, because of Isaiah 53. He was pierced for your transgressions. Jesus was crushed for you. Jesus took your punishment, your sin your shame, your guilt, and that peace, and, and excuse me, and the punishment that brought us peace was on him. If you're searching, if you're wondering, if you're fearful about if you actually do have peace with God, I want to invite you today, just like Mary, to sit at the feet of Jesus maybe for the first time. The Bible says that all we have to do to have that ultimate peace we're talking about, all we have to do is acknowledge and believe that Jesus Christ did die for you. He died for me so that one day we could have ultimate peace with God in heaven for eternity. I just want to invite you to pray with me, maybe for the first time or maybe for the hundredth time. It doesn't matter how many times we sit at Jesus' feet and tell him that we believe with him. So I want to invite you to pray with me. Jesus, thank you, God, for the cross. Jesus, you didn't have to go, but you did. Jesus, you had no reason to be nailed to that cross. You were perfect, but you willingly, willingly, Jesus, you went up there for me. Thank you, God. Thank you that you went up there for all of us, Jesus. God, I, I acknowledge that I am a sinner, Jesus. I deserve the death that you, that you gave. God, I believe that you sent your son to die on the cross for me, to die on the cross for all of us, and maybe for the first time or for the hundredth time. God, we say to you, we believe in your son, Jesus. Thank you that ultimate peace is achieved with you because of Jesus. God, we want to rest knowing that we can spend eternity with you. 
God, help us to fix our eyes on you when we start to look left and right, when we start to get distracted by the things of this earth. God, would you just lift our chin to heaven? Would you just remind us that this earth is passing by? We're just passing by. But God, heaven is, heaven is the goal, Jesus. So God, I just pray, I pray boldly against anxiety in Paradox Church, God. Everybody and anybody listening who struggles with anxiety or worry or fear, God, I pray that you would break that chain and that you would send anxiety and fear and worry back to the pit where it belongs, Jesus. God, we know that ultimate healing comes from you. And so, God, I just pray that we would be people who would kneel, who would just sit at your feet, and we would find rest and peace there. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Well, in just a few seconds, you are going to see um, that you can text the word pray. Um, and we just want to invite you. Anxiety and fear, this is real, and it is a struggle you are not alone in this. And we believe as a church that when we pray together, not, not only alone, but together, that there's power when two or more people gather and we, we go to the Father. So I just want to invite you, if you have any fear or in any anxiety, or maybe, just maybe, you, may, you made a commitment to follow Jesus today. Maybe that was something you prayed for the very first time or you acknowledge that Jesus died on the cross for your sins, we want to pray for you and we want to celebrate you. So make sure during this next worship song that you take a minute to text the word pray. Thank you for listening to the Paradox Church podcast. If you want more information about us or to just get connected, please visit our website at www.paradoxchurch.com. We would love to hear from you.